0: Anyway, if you, hey, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go in and open up with me. Matthew chapter 9. We're going to be looking at two passages tonight. First one is Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 23. Matthew chapter 9, verse 23. It says here, When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd waiting, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand. And the girl arose. The girl arose. And the second passage is Matthew chapter 13, verse 53. It's a couple chapters down. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53. That's what it says. Now it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. He verse a prophet is not without honor in his own country and in his own house. And verse 58. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He did not do many mighty works there because their unbelief let's pray real quick lord i thank you so much for your for your word lord that's alive and it speaks to us god even today and the lord i just pray god that tonight god that you would help me god to communicate lord your heart your mind god clearly and concisely nothing more nothing less and god i pray god that you would open up god the hearts god of every single person here tonight that may you have your way god That may you do your thing god inside of us and that may we may we capture your heart god we love you, and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, everybody said, amen. amen. Um, preaching tonight on the topic of honor brings the house down. Praise the Lord. Honor brings the house down. Dad looked at me, and he said, isn't it supposed to bring the house up? I was like, no, Dad, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's a good thing. You know, when we say bring the house down, it means, dude, this is going you know, to be awesome. We're going to have a party. This is going to be great. Um, I thought of tiling tonight's message, Honor uh, Gets the House Crunk. But I don't know how that would fly over with you guys. Crunk K-R-U-N-K. It's just a word that uh, a lot of our youth use in Atlanta. And it means get hyped, get excited. Honor gets the house excited. Uh, you guys are looking at me like, what are you talking about? Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Um, anyway, uh, how many of you guys thank God that, that once he, he enters your life, he, he loves you so much that he loves you where you are, but he loves you so much that he doesn't keep you the same. That after you get saved, you change, that that, that God does a mighty work in your life. Um, I uh, have to confess something to you guys tonight, that, that I am not a perfect man, as many of you thought. I know, it's, it's hard. Sorry, honey, I'm not perfect. Um, I used to struggle a lot with uh, with with just anger problems. I don't know if every guy does, but but in, in specifically for me, it was it was really bad. I used to have really bad anger problems. I used to get frustrated real easily. Um, I would get in fights over all sorts of different things uh, over the stupidest stuff, man. I mean, just like really dumb stuff. Uh, I remember one time I, I got in a fight um, because um, anyway, uh, I was in elementary school, and this is. Should I tell this story? I really wonder if I should. I was in elementary school and I was in the lunch line in the cafeteria. And they were serving for lunch that day something called churros. How many of you guys know what a churro is? Dude, praise the Lord for churros. It's like it's like a taste of heaven. It's what it is. It's, it's, it's awesome. And so they were serving churros for lunch, and and each person was only supposed to get three churros and, and all these different things. And so Anyway, I was in line, and, and my friends in front of me were, were somehow, way, they were getting like five churros, six churros, and you were only supposed to get three, and I was just like, this is awesome, man. I was just like, I'm going to get hooked up, and so I come up, and, uh, and, and I said, all right, man, I was like, hook me up, and uh, the guy behind there, he, he was a student who goes to the school, and, and he, anyway, we just rotate through serving the cafeteria, and so anyway, it was a student at the school, and he said, no, man, here's three, and I was like, dude, hook it up. I was like, bro. I was like, I gotta have my chair. I was like, hook it up. You hook my friends up, and he was just like, no, man. So I wanna give you three. And I was like, you know what? Flagpole, two fifteen, after school. Be there. And so I was just like, dude, I'm mad. The dude didn't give me my chair, and so. Anyway, to make a long story short, we met at the flagpole at 2.15. When I looked at him, I realized he was a lot bigger than I remembered. He was a little bit older, too. Um, and he was, oh, by the way, he was dragging a metal bat behind him as well. And uh, so anyway, so, so we, we, we fought, and all I got to say is I'm here today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, just kidding. Um, to be honest with you, the truth was we started to fight, and the flagpole was right outside the principal's office, and so it was over in like 10 seconds. And so thank the Lord he didn't get a chance to use that bat. Um, anyway, but, but I used to struggle with anger really, really bad, and, and I just thank God that I'm healed of it. Well, you know, God's still doing a work in my life, but for the most part, it's gone. comes out every now and then with different things. And uh, anyway, uh, last... <laughs> Last last month it it, it came out it, it really did, and um, I, I don't know if my wife uh, was in the house then, but but we just had moved into to, to Dad and Mom's house and you know many even you know that we're you know we're looking for a place and you know just just seeing what God would have for us and so right now we're staying with them and they've been very gracious but uh, but it was really cool because Josh came home and, and he hooked up you know the internet downstairs and all these different things so we can use the computer, and uh, so anyway so I have a laptop and I try to hook up my laptop to the internet. And so I turned it on and I did all the things that, you know, you normally would do. But for some reason, my laptop was not, it wasn't connecting to the internet. And I was just like, dude, okay, this is, this is all right. I was like, I just need to call somebody who knows what, what, what they're doing so I was like, all right, Josh, I was like, help me out, bro. I was like, I want to get my internet hooked up. I was like, can you tell me what to do? And Josh was like, yeah, man, sure, no problem. You know, you just got to drop your computer, and then turn off the, you know, the, the, the whatever you call it, the main system, the router, and then, you know, wait like 10 seconds, and then after that, then restart it, reboot it, let everything blah, blah, blah. And so I did all that, you know, turned off my computer, turned off the router, waited 10 seconds, rebooted the thing, and then after that, then I plugged it back in, and I was like, okay, work. And it didn't work, and so, at this time uh, i'm starting to get some thoughts in my head, and they're, they're they're ungodly thoughts, thoughts about I wonder how far I can throw this laptop <laughs> thoughts of 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 drop kicking this laptop, thoughts of of going to to the patio outside and and seeing how far I can I can toss this laptop, if I can make it to the river or to the creek out there, because it's a couple yards, and I thought I could make it, because I was so mad. I got some ungodly thoughts. If my computer were alive, I wanted to make it suffer because I was so frustrated at it. Like if it were if it were alive, I would tear it apart, megabyte by megabyte, just to hear it squirm. Like I would just just, just uh, uh, yeah, take that. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. No stop. Dude, I wanted to make my computer suffer. And so I was on the verge of just of just being really, really ungodly. And then all of a sudden, um Josh and my some friends over and and, and uh, Aaron Pittman Mez, most of you guys know him, came over and I was like, All right Mez, listen, you're my last hope. Actually you're my laptop's last hope because it's about to get tossed, man. And so can you see if you can make it hook up to the internet? And some of was like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. And I was like, what do you mean no problem? So I give it to him. I leave. I come back in like two minutes, and he's doing stuff. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And he goes, dude, I'm just surfing the internet. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, what did you do? I was like, you're, you're amazing. What, what did you do? And he said, man, I just opened this up. You know, I just opened up a new connection. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, oh, dude, I should have thought of that. Man. <laughs> you know what? I just flipped my mind. But... <laughs> Anyway, Mez got it to work. And and the reason why Mez got it to work is because the dude is just is just smart at this stuff. He just knows the ins and the outs and all that stuff. Because if it were not for Mez knowing the ins and out of this, I gotta tell you right now that I would be a laptop-less man, okay? That just sounded weird. Let's not record that, let's just bleep that out. But I would be a man without a laptop. Can we say that? And so anyway, um, Tonight, Lord have mercy. Tonight, uh, I just want to share with you guys something that I believe that God has laid on my heart. Um, and man, this is, this is a really just, just, for me, it, it seems out of character because I've only been here for a month. And so I don't know the culture. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the things that are being said in this town. But, but to me, I just feel like in my quiet times, I just feel like that this is what the Lord is saying. God wants to do something great and mighty in his church and through his church. That's the feeling that I'm feeling. Every single time I have my quiet time, I just get this overwhelming feeling that God wants to do something great in his church and through his church. And my wife and I, what we do is, is you know, when, when we get ready to go to bed, we're laying there, and, and it's late at night, and we start talking, and our defenses are down, and, and we start sharing heart about all these different things. And, and often, what comes up in our conversations is, is, is we look at each other, and we're like, baby, we, we don't know why God has called us here. We don't know exactly what God has called us to do, but I just get, but, but I just get this sense that we're here at the right place at the right time, and that God wants to do something. God wants to do something. But you see, church, the sad thing is, though, is that I've heard many churches say that. I hear many churches talking about about, about moving in the Lord's Spirit and and doing all sorts of different things. And and sometimes it comes true, and sometimes it's just just a dream that never happened. And tonight, you guys, I, I I just feel like I just—I don't know, Dad. If I—if Pastor Joe, if I go wrong, um, feel free to correct me anytime. time. But, but this thing just kept coming over and over again in my heart was, as as I was preparing tonight. I didn't want to preach it. I wanted to preach something else. But I just really felt like God poured into my spirit tonight. This message, and the message is, it all starts with honor. It all starts with honor. If you want God to move, it's got to start with honor. We've got to start honoring God. If you want God to move, we've got to honor him in his house. If we want God to move, look with me. Well, you don't need to look with me, but, but in the passage that we read, Matthew chapter 9, where Jesus comes in and he heals a girl. He comes in and he says, people, I'm about to do something crooked. I'm about to do something amazing. I'm about to make this girl come back to life. She's not, she's not dead. She's sleeping. But see, but what's the response? What's the response that the people give him? The people ridiculed him. They didn't honor him. And so what did Jesus have to do? The Bible says that after they were put out, after the people went out of the house, then Jesus did his thing. Then Jesus healed the girl. And in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is there, and he's doing great stuff. He's in his own town, and he's doing all sorts of different things. He's teaching. Everybody's astonished. But all of a sudden, they they, they start to get frustrated at him. They start to get jealous. And they look at him, and they said, who in the world is this guy? And Jesus looks at them, and, and the two key verses there, 57 58, he says this. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own home. Now he did not do, check this out guys, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You know what that says to me? That says to me that God wanted to do many mighty works in his hometown. That says to me that Jesus wanted to do something great there, but because the people didn't honor him, that because of the people's unbelief, Jesus couldn't. He couldn't do many Mighty works. Church, I, I don't know about you guys, but, but I'm starting to look around. And I noticed that, that our culture, that the society that we live in today is a culture that holds nothing sacred. We live in a culture today that doesn't honor anything. Marriage is not sacred anymore. Friends, I look at the TV shows that are on there. TV shows like Desperate Housewives and, and Wives Swap where, 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 where wives are, are, are swap places and they go with a different family and they live with them for a whole week. And guys, we live in a culture in a society that, that honors nothing. There is nothing sacred. And I fear that the same thing has happened to the church world today. Where we hold nothing sacred. The reason why people didn't honor Jesus is because they knew Him. They were talking about how they knew Him. They were too familiar with Him. Church, I've got to ask us tonight, and I ask myself this question. Somewhere along the road, somewhere along the way, have we become too familiar with Jesus? Somewhere along the way, have we become too familiar with the good news, with the gospel of Christ that's able to save people? Have we become too familiar with His grace? Have we become too familiar with the miracles, with His mighty works? Have we become too familiar with the church? Do we just come to church just to do church every single Sunday? Have we become too familiar with Him? Because you see, church, if we want God to do mighty things, which I believe He wants to do mighty things in His church and through His church, then we've got to create a culture of honor once again, where we get back to honoring Christ, where we get back to honoring his word, where we get back to honoring him and loving him. And I'm not just talking about lip service, friends. Anybody could do lip service where we come to God and we sing the songs and we lead. No, no, I'm talking about really honoring God. I'm talking about deep down in your soul, being in love with him like, like the first day you fell in love with him. I'm talking about seeking after him in the quiet times that you have, in the spare time that you have. Are you honoring him there? We've got to come back to to honoring Christ once again. Because you see, friends, I, I think that the church has a case of mistaken honor. It's good the things that we put honor in, but it's not the thing. I think maybe as a church, I don't know, I'm not speaking in this church in specific, but the church body in general, maybe somewhere along the road, we've started to honor the traditions of the church instead of honoring the heart of God. Maybe we started to honor the the familiarity, the the things that we do day by day in the church rather than honor God. Maybe we started to honor the programs that we do rather than honoring the heart of God. Maybe even in the church service, we start to honor people more than we honor God? I don't know. It's just a question for the church in general. How have we started to honor other things above God? In our lives. We've got to ask ourselves that question. Do we honor, is there something in our life that we honor more than we honor God? Because you know what that is when we, when we start doing that? Friends, that's called idolatry. Idolatry is, is, is it's, Um, There's this definition that, that a pastor gave me, and he said idolatry is anything that we give our strength to or draw our strength from other than God. That's called idolatry, friends, when we start to honor people and faces and names rather than honoring the heart of God. The church has a case of mistaken honor, and we've got to get back to that once again. We've got to get back to honoring Christ. We've got to get back to honoring Christ. And as I think about it, um, this illustration just, just hit me as I, was, as I was studying it. But it's, it's kind of like cheating on your wife or cheating on your spouse. God is the perfect spouse. He, he's, he's, he's the groom and we are the bride of Christ. And uh, he's the perfect spouse. He's the ultimate spouse. And when we start to honor other things more than we honor God, it's kind of like cheating on God, kind of like emotionally cheating on God. That all the focus and the attention that we should have been putting on God gets diverted and gets put on something else. It's, it's emotional adultery is what we're doing. We're cheating on God. Friends, we've got to get back to honoring the heart of God. We've got to get back to creating a culture of honor. And then specifically, there are two areas tonight that, that I believe that God wants to do, that, that God wants to speak to us about. And the two areas is this. is We've got to create a culture of, of, of honor in two areas. The first area is creating a culture that honors Christ. And the second area is creating a culture that honors others. First area is we've got to create a culture that honors Christ. And the second area is we've got to create a culture that honors other people. The first one is key, is because if God wants to do a work in us, then first we've got to honor Christ. But if God wants to do a work through us, then we've got to honor other people. It's kind of like those two greatest commandments that he gives us, love God and love people. If God wants to do something in his house, then we honor Christ. But if we want God to do something through us, then we've got to start honoring other people. First one is this, is we've got to start honoring Christ, um, Man, man, let me speak to you real quick, okay? Because this is just a big, this is just a thing that's on my heart. Men, are we honoring Christ with our lives? With our personal lives? Are we honoring Christ? Are we, are we seeking hard after Him? Men, is the DVD selection that we have, does that honor Christ? Does the stuff that we look at on the internet, does that honor Christ? Is the music that we listen to does that honor Christ? I'm not. I'm not trying to go overboard. I'm just trying to get us to ask questions. Is As are the things that we're doing honoring Christ? And guys, I'm, and once again, I'm talking about more than just coming to church, more than just a lip service. What I'm talking about, we've got to start to get hungry for God. We've got to start to fall in love with Him and once again. And I could, uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I could, I could flip the words love and honor. But but, but I believe that those two words are interconnected to each other. That if you love somebody, you will honor them. That because I love my wife, I will honor her. And you guys, if we want to honor Christ, we've got to get back to the root. And the root is, is love. We've got to get back to loving Him. Jesus Himself said that all the commandments hang on this. That you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We've got to get back to falling in love with Christ, to walking intimately with him. You know, one of the things that I love about David, and dude, David is, 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 to me, besides Jesus, one of the ultimate men in the Bible that I want to emulate because David was known as a warrior. Dude, dude slayed a giant. I was like, I want to be that cool. Dude was a worshiper. Dude was awesome, man. But you know what's awesome about David is that the first place that you find him in the Bible is in the pastures. And I don't know what the Bible, I I don't think the Bible says anything about that, but I can only guesstimate what he was doing in the pastures. Is that he was seeking God. Is that he was loving on God. Is that he was taking his heart, man. Dude, and he was playing songs to Jesus. Jesus. You know what, in fact, I even think that maybe he might have even wanted to go to the pasture lands just so that way he can fall in love and spend time with the God he loves, with the God who created him. We've got to get back to loving the Lord. Men. Men. And the reason why I speak so heavily to us is because as men, we're called to be the initiators. As men, we're called to be the initiators. You know that the Hebrew word for man is piercer? And that the Hebrew word for woman is pierced. And it's more than just a sexual connotation. What it means is, is what you initiate, what you pierce with, the woman responds with. And so in an atmosphere, let, let's say for instance, I walk into a room and people are just sad, people are just negative. Well, as a man, as the initiator, then, then I'll walk into the room and I pierce the atmosphere with positive stuff. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Listen, why are you guys down? Dude? It's going to be all right. We're going to have a great game. It's going to be awesome, man. We're going to do great. As men, we're called to initiate. And then the Bible says, uh, the, yeah, the, the Hebrew word for, for woman is, is pierced. And so men, what we initiate, women respond with. And see, here's the thing. Is that, is that yeah, I mean, you, you may look at me and you may say, no, nah, Nate, Nate, Pastor Nate, that doesn't work because I try to initiate kindness with my wife. I I, I try to initiate gentleness with my wife or love with my wife, and she just hasn't reciprocated that back to me. Well, maybe the question I want to ask back to you is, maybe she's been hurt so much in the past that, that that's all she can respond with. But if you start flooding her with positive emotions, then maybe then will she respond to you in the right way. And you guys, man, we are the initiators. We are the head of the household. You know, if you take a household... And if you take out the father, if the father doesn't get saved, the, the percentages go up that neither will, that, that nobody else in the household will get saved. But as soon as you put the father back into the picture, the percentage is, it, it's great, it's phenomenal. I don't have those on me, but it's phenomenal, friends. It all starts with the men. So men in the church, are we honoring Christ in our everyday lives with our integrity? with our purity, with the way that we love our wives, with the way that we honor and respect other women? Do we honor them and respect them as sisters in the faith, or do we look at them as a piece of meat? We've got to get back to honoring Christ. And the second area is we must create a culture that honors others. See, friends, I love our church body, this church body, Christian life. And I love the church world in general, but you see, in general, I think, I think we have a problem. And our problem is, is that we're, we're good, and we're good at loving people who look like us. But how good do we do at loving people who don't look like us? I love our greet time. Our greet time where we go around we shake people's hands. Hey, how are you doing? No, good to see you. Blah, 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 you, know, you know, we go around and we're so nice and we're so kind. But the question is, if somebody was here who doesn't look like you, how would we treat that person? Would we still honor them? Would we still honor them? You guys, if God wants to do a work in His church, then we've got to honor Christ. But if God wants to do a work through His church, then we've got to start to. Then we've got to learn how to honor other people. We've got to learn how to honor other people. It's funny because uh, as I look at my family, uh, one half of my family, one side of my family is saved. The other side of my family. Is they're just crazy, man. Let me tell you, it's 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 just ridiculous. One of my uncles gave me, on that side of the family, uh, before I got married, gave me some advice on relationships, and his advice his advice was was girls are like a spare tire. I was like, Uncle, what are you talking about? He was like, Dude, you always have a spare. And I was just like, What are you talking about, man? And anyway, it's just it's just something that I laugh at because I'm just like, Dude, it is so. It's so crazy. But anyway, but that side of my family, that they're just people that, 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 that like in, in the family within itself that we just avoid each other. There's just contention. Our Christmas gatherings aren't Christmas gatherings. They're more like stare downs because you got this guy who's mad at them and so they're opposite of the room and then she's mad at her because she did something. And so our family gatherings just, it's, it's, it's not really a family gathering. And so anyway, um, I have a grandpa. And, uh, and I love him to death, but my grandpa, before he, he passed away, he, he wasn't saved at all. Uh, this man was really just, just ornery, just, just just he always had something to say. You, you have a family member who's like that, you know what I mean, just like the black sheep of the family, you're just like, man, I just need to stay away from this person, or you were adopted, did I tell you that? You know, you feel like telling them that. But but anyway, my grandpa out of, out of all the family, my grandpa is just is just the most ornery person, and, and all his kids make fun of. All my aunts and uncles, they all make fun of him. And uh, but for some reason, it's just I, I just I just love the man. And uh, anyway, uh, in in our family, my side is uh, 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 my sister and I are saved, and I also have a little cousin who I'm proud of. Um, his name is Kevin, and he's saved as well. He's going to be a senior in high school. But but it was really interesting because whenever we'd get together in in our family. Um, in our family gatherings, uh, everybody would disrespect my grandpa. But I remember every time me and Kevin would see my grandpa, I'd always come up to him and I'd be like, Dude, Papa Joe, I was like, I love you, man. And I'd come and I'd give him like the biggest hug that I could. And then I'd just mess around with him and and I'd say, Man, I love you. i was like, How are you doing? You doing okay? Blah, 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 blah. And then sometimes it might be a good response or sometimes he might tell me about the girls he was checking out. But it was just, I I don't know. But I just still honored him. And the same thing, and my cousin did the same exact thing. Well, I got to tell you guys, that uh, that when my grandpa was on his deathbed, he died about I think just two years ago, right, babe, something like that. When my grandpa was on was on his deathbed, it was awesome because my cousin, my other cousin, who who just honored him and loved him, uh, and I think at that time he was a sophomore in high school, he he came and he he was at the bedside of my grandpa. And he got a chance to lead my grandpa to the Lord before he passed away. So guys, I say all that to say this. When you honor somebody, dude, it it drops their defenses. When you honor somebody, dude, that's the best way to evangelize. That's the best way to save somebody. And you don't need a PhD or a master's or, or whatever title you need. Dude, anybody can honor anybody. Anybody can honor anybody. We've got to start to honor other people. And I don't know if, if we've caught this yet. I, I think that there's a move in the church that, that, that's pushing this towards that, towards honoring those who have yet to know Christ. But it saddens my heart every single time we get it wrong. In San Diego, where I'm from, there's this community there called Hillcrest. And everybody knows it as, as, as the gay and lesbian community. And so one day, one Sunday, they were actually doing a march down the middle of the street and they were, they were, you know, marching and, and they had their flags and, you know, they they had, they had all their signs and they were, you know, exercising their rights and all these different things. And, and, uh, and my friend goes to a church there and on one, and, and on one side there's another, and anyway, the street that they were having the parade from, there, there were two different churches opposite from each other and my friend's church was one of them. And as the gay community was coming by, um, his church did this, did, did this thing that was radical to some churches. They were there and they were lowing on them. They had bottled waters out and they were just like, dude, you know, we, we love you, you know, Jesus loves you. and But here you go, are you thirsty here? Let me open this for you. Here you go, here's a bottle of water. And that was my friend's side. But the other church, what they were doing is that they had signs up and they were saying, you're going to hell. You're going to burn. Friends. Which side do you think displays the love of Christ? The side that honors them? The side that says that, you know what, we may not agree with your sin, but we love you as, as a person. Which so, you, you, friends, let me ask you, well, which church do you think they'd be more inclined to go to? I'm ashamed of people who act like that. I think we got it wrong. You've got to start to honor other people. Craig Groves, sees this guy. Uh, founder of triple x church i don't know if many of you ever have, have have heard of him but but he has this this ministry where he reaches out to those who are struggling with pornography and he actually reaches those who are in the porn business and the guy gets some flack man i mean the guy just gets hate mails and and blah blah just because they don't think that what he's doing is right and so because part of his ministry is that he goes to to uh, to porn conventions you know, where, where, where porn stars are there and, and they release all their videos and blah, 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 blah. And he actually buys a booth in their convention center. And he even had this Bible. He didn't do anything to, to the inside of it. He, he just designed a cover. But, but the cover says, Jesus loves porn stars. And he hands it out to them. And his, his ministry is, is he wants to get people out of the porn industry. And his quote is this. He says, he says people... What is it at? He says this, he says, don't blame the darkness for being dark. He said, blame the light for not shining in the darkness. And he said, that's all I'm trying to be. Don't blame the darkness for being dark. Blame the light for not shining in the darkness. Church, God wants, I just feel it in my bones every single time I sit down and I have quiet time with him. God wants to do something great and mighty through his church. But if we're going to allow God to move through our church and to reach other people, then we've got to learn to create a, a, a culture that honors other people. We've got to learn to break that barrier down. We do a good job at honoring, loving on people who look like us. How good of a job do we do at honoring people who don't look like us? Because I'll tell you who Jesus ate with. I'll tell you who Jesus ate with back in the day. Dude, with the Sinners. Deal with, with the prostitutes, with the tax collectors. And you guys, we've got to reflect his heart. We've got to create a culture that honors other people. Don't blame the darkness for being dark, blame the light for not shining in the darkness. Sweet. I just want to close with the, with the story. And, uh, it's a true story, and it happened last year. They played the oddest game in high school football history last month, down in Grapevine, Texas. It was Grapevine Faith versus Gainesville State School, and everything about that game was upside down. For instance, when Gainesville came out to take the field, the Faith fans made a 40-yard sprint line for them to run through. Did you hear that? The other team's fans. They even made a banner for players to crash through at the end, and it said, Go Tornadoes, which was also weird because because Faith is the Lions. It was rivers running uphill and, and cats petting dogs. More than 200 Faith fans sat on the Gainesville side and kept cheering the Gainesville players on by name. I never in my life thought I'd hear people cheering for us to hit their kids recalls Gainesville QB and middle linebacker Isaiah. I wouldn't expect another parent to tell somebody to hit their kids, but they wanted us to. And even though faith walloped them 33 to 14, the Gainesville kids were so happy that after the game, they gave head coach Mark Williams a sideline squirt bottle shower like he just won state. It's got to be the first Gatorade bath in history for a coach who's 0 and 9. They never won a game that season. But then you saw the 12 uniformed officers escorting the 14 Gainesville players off the field and two and two started to make four. They lined up the players in groups of five, handcuffs ready in their back pockets and marched them to the team bus. That's because Gainesville has a maximum security correctional facility 75 north of Dallas. Every game it plays, it's on the road. This all started when Faith's head coach, Chris Hogan, wanted to do something kind for the Gainesville team. Faith had never played Gainesville, but he already knew what the score was going to be. After all, Faith was 7-2 and two going into the game, and Gainesville was 0-8. With two touchdowns all year, Faith had 70 kids, 11 coaches, the latest equipment, and involved parents, Gamesville has a lot of kids with convictions for drugs, assault, and battery. Many of whom whose families had disowned them were seven-year-old shoulder pads and ancient helmets. So Hogan had this idea. What if half of our fans, for one night only, cheered for the other team? He sent out an email to all the faithful to do just that. Here's the message I want you to send, Hogan wrote. You are just... As valuable as any other person on planet Earth. Some people were naturally confused. One faith player walked into Hogan's office and asked him, Coach, why are we doing this? And Hogan said, imagine if you didn't have a home life. Imagine if everybody had pretty much given up on you. Now imagine what it would mean for hundreds of people to suddenly believe in you. Next thing you know, the Gainesville Tornadoes were turning around on their bench to see something they had never before. Hundreds of fans and actual cheerleaders. I thought, they, I thought maybe they were confused, said Alex, the Gainesville lineman. Only first, name are, only first names are released by the prison. They started yelling, defense, when their team had the ball. And I said, what? Why are they cheering for us? It was a strange experience for boys who most people cross the street to avoid. We can tell people are a little afraid of us when we come to the games. Says Gerald, a lineman who will wind up doing more than three years. You can see it in their eyes looking at us like we're criminals, like we did something wrong. But these people, they were yelling for us by our names. Maybe it figures that Gainesville played better than it had all season scoring the game's last two touchdowns. Of course, this might be because Coach Hogan put his third string nose guard at safety and the third string cornerback at defensive end. Still... After the game, both teams gathered in the middle of the field to pray. And that's when Isaiah surprised everybody by asking to lead. He said, we had no idea. Hogan said, we had no idea what this kid was going to say. But Isaiah said this, Lord, I don't know how this happened. So I don't know how to say thank you. But I never would have known that there were so many people in the world that cared about us. And it was a good thing everybody's heads were bowed because they might have seen Hogan wiping away tears. As the Tornadoes walked back to their bus under guard, they each were handed a bag for the ride home, a burger, some fries, a soda, some candy, and a Bible, and an encouraging letter from a faith player. The Gainesville coach saw Hogan, grabbed him hard by the shoulders, and said, you'll never know. You'll never know what your people did for these kids tonight. You'll never, ever know. And as the bus pulled away, all the Gainesville players crammed to one side and pressed their hand to the window, staring at these people they've never even met before, watching their waves and smiles disappearing into the night. Anyway, with the economy six feet under, it's nice to know that one of the best presents you can give is still absolutely free. Hope. Hope. You guys, when we honor other people, we let them know that there is a God who cares about them. And a person may just be, may just to you be a person, but every person has a story. Every person has a story. When we honor other people, we let them know that there is a God who loves them. Church, we want God to do a work in us, then we've got to create a culture that honors Him. With more than just lip service. but we've got to love Him. And if we want God to do a mighty work through the church, then we've got to learn this principle of honoring other people. Of honoring other people. I want to read to you what Isaiah said once again. Lord, I don't know how this happened, so I don't know how to say thank you. But I never would have known There were so many people in the world that cared about us. Let's pray real quick. Lord, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, because we want to be your hands and feet. Help us, Lord, because, God, we want to honor you and we want to honor other people. Jesus, would you break our hearts? Would you help us to do that, God? Would you help us, Father God, Lord, to honor those, Father God, who are unlovable? Would you help us to honor the ugly, the castaway? Lord, would you help us to honor you, God, with all our hearts? Break our hearts for you, Lord. Break our hearts for you.